0: Can a chatbot be a spiritual advisor? Welcome to Interfaith Encounters. I'm Robert Hunt, here on the Southern Methodist University campus in the digitally mediated ministry studio at Perkins School of Theology. I have two guests with me, and we'll be talking about religion and artificial intelligence, let me ask them to introduce themselves. Yusuf, please.
1: My name is Yusuf Galal. I'm from McAllen, Texas, but my parents are originally from Egypt. Currently, I just graduated with an MSBA, a Master's of Science in Business Analytics. And I really like delving into different topics like AI. I use ChatGPT all the time, and I'm also a Muslim.
2: So my name is Mohammed Zinedine Brahmi. In short, you can call me Zine. So I'm doing right now a master's in computer science at White school of engineering here at SMU. And my background was an electronics and embedded systems engineer back in my country. So like I'm originally also from Algeria. And AI is a big subject that we most of the times talk about, especially in our department in computer science.
0: Great. Thanks. So you have some expertise in this.
2: Yeah. like. I wouldn't say like a lot of expertise, but yeah, like that's a subject that mostly we talk about.
0: Well, I think if you understand how a computer works, you obviously know a little more than a lot of people. So my first question for both of you is, how is AI influencing your lives right now? Do you use it in school and research or anything like that?
1: Yeah, I can go ahead and start. So I actually use AI, chat GBT, probably every day. I use it mainly just to learn new things just to get a better idea of certain things I wanna learn. After like just some general information I wanna know about something, I always go to it first. Kind of like how before you just Google something, but I kind of see it as like a better version of Google now. And yeah, that's how I use it.
2: For me, my first encounter with artificial intelligence websites was with a website called DeepL. And it was like a website that does the translation from like different languages. Especially like back in Algeria, when we use like both languages, which are like French and English. So it was like really helpful in translating a lot of stuff from like English to French and like from all the way around, for sure, like from French to English. But also, as you have said, I mainly use ChatGPT and a lot of things right now, because like it really helps reduce the work and make things faster, I would say. I see. So... I'm particularly interested in the effect
0: of artificial intelligence, and we can even focus on ChatGPT, on the way religious people do religion. And a couple of things have been floated sort of off in the science fiction realm, but the one that is most immediate is what about ethics? Does artificial intelligence and the availability of ChatGPT make you think about religious ethics, about what are the right and wrong things you can do according to your religious faith?
1: Well, I wouldn't say so because in the end, GPT, it's just like a, it's like a neural network. It's basically a model where you have inputs and then it goes through certain transformations and it's just an output. So like basically whatever you put into the model, it's a big influence on what comes out of the model. So I wouldn't say it really changes my point of view from like morality on what's right and wrong. But I would say that with GPT, you do come up with interesting obs- like, conversations, right? Because... Do you consider something like ChatGPT, like eventually if it becomes like smart enough to think and be conscious, like whatever that means, how do you define if, like whether someone's conscious, you know, how do you know if something's considered alive or intelligent? You know, these are questions like we have to really think about, especially in the future when like its capabilities become even better.
0: Yeah. So you notice that it's a neural network and that the outputs depend on, what was put into it, what it was trained on. And yet it will gain more and more capacity to answer questions. So let me ask a more direct kind of question. Do you think people will ever use ChatGPT like as a spiritual advisor to ask it for religious advice?
2: Well, like for me, I tried sometimes to ask just like I was curious about how would the output be if I ask like these AI engines about something about religion and about like a state that I'm going through and like what should I do from my religion perspective and like also some other people can like ask about a very specific religion perspective. And I would say that I was kind of amazed about the output of like GPT and of like other AI engines as well because they were like objective to the extent that like they would admit that they are not the right source to like go to for like these kind of questions. Mm -hmm. And they would give you like some advices, but they would like most of the times emphasize on like that matter that they are not the right source to like ask these type of spiritual questions I would say.
0: Interesting, interesting. So it will give you advice and then tell you that it shouldn't be giving you advice. Yeah.
1: I think I've asked something like that before and it tells you to look further into more resources yeah, yeah, just not to depend on its answer. Basically.
0: Yeah, anyway. I see. That I mean, this is a very interesting kind of concept, isn't it? That it tells you that. And I'm curious, since you asked it some questions,
2: do you think it gave sensible answers? I would say that like in the most of it, it was good, but sometimes it would make some mistakes. Yeah, like I don't know like about other type of questions, but at least for the questions that I asked, like sometimes it will give like some wrong answers and being like something as early as ChatGPT, like I would say that maybe in the next few years, we may see like something better, especially yeah. like with these like new versions also of ChatGPT and like Bird coming also from Google. So I think let's see. So let me ask, in
0: Islam, you're both from a Muslim background. Yeah. In Islam, who are the trusted
1: sources for authority? In Islam, you have like a hierarchy. So first is like God, whatever he says, and that's found in the Quran, which is the book that we believe was sent down to the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. And then after that, we follow the Prophet's traditions, what he did in his daily life and what he said. And that's because it says in the Quran to obey God and his messenger. So that's what we do. And then after that, we do follow some like contemporary scholars, some people who are very known to be like well established and well studied in like religious matters. And we also have like a history and chain of like who they studied under, which would also like make sure that everything they say is very credible and very reliable. Okay, so this chain is like the methodology
0: for the hadith for understanding which ones are accurate. Yeah. Do you think that gives some kind of protection then against the way in which artificial intelligence might mislead people? Well, I think so, honestly. What I'm thinking about is the fact that for a tradition to be reliable, you have to trace down its genealogy. Yeah. And my guess is that there's not a genealogy that
1: leads up to chat GPT. Yeah, probably not. Because also you don't know how many inputs and like what different sources it's using, right? Yeah. That's the problem, I think. so. Because it uses everything on the internet. (laughs) <laughs> so you don't know where it could be coming from.
2: And like also some of the times I try to ask ChatGPT like where did you grab these type of informations, and sometimes it will give me resources and sometimes I find like websites that are not working currently. Sometimes I go like to archives just like to know where like ChatGPT like brought that information from. So I wouldn't say that it will be like that reliable into, like, trying to find out, like, the best sources to look from and to give you the answer from.
0: I see. So, to turn a little bit different direction, religions are always communal, or it seems like they are mostly communal things that we do together. For you guys, just to start with, what's the importance of the Muslim community or the communal life in the mosque or somewhere else?
1: Well, I think having a community is, like, a very important part of being human, I know like in our religion, we have a Friday prayer where every man must attend. And it's just a reminder, a weekly reminder for you to just remember God, remember your faith. But at the same time, it's also a great time for brothers to catch up with each other, just see if there's anything going wrong, if anyone needs help. And I think that's a really important part of just being human in general. And I think Islam does a good job of trying to bring people together as much as possible. There's many verses in the Quran that just talk about Muslims are just brothers and they need to help each other. So yeah, I think he does a really good job of that. So this
0: is interesting because that's really an obligation, at least for men, to gather on Friday in the mosque. My experience has been that women generally gather on Friday in the mosque too, although you're usually in a separate room here in the United States. Yeah. So that helps keep the community together in a really face-to-face way. One of the fears that has come up with ChatGPT is that young people in particular are becoming more isolated because they spend more time talking to screens and to chatbots than they do to each other. Have you all seen that? Do you think that's a danger to the way religious communities are going to work?
2: Actually, I think that like the more reliable a technology would be, like the more integrated those like young people into just talking with this technology because it is mostly giving you a lot of information that if you talk with like another person, you may receive like a bad feedback, you may receive ignorance. So that's like one of the things that could affect. One of the courses that I had this semester in SMU was like software design and what we do like with software. So one of the most important parts that I see a lot of, colleagues or like a lot of engineers are just taking for granted is the socioeconomic part or like the socioeconomic impact that such a technology may put into the society. So in the most part, like I wouldn't say that I'm seeing right now, a lot of like companies that are more integrated and that are like thinking on like solutions about the socioeconomic, but mostly it is just like trying to get this thing better but not, like, seeing all the other parts of, like, the impact of it.
1: So I think ChatGPT will never replace the feeling of being around humans. Like, I've just experienced it myself. Like, you're just talking to a robot. You don't feel, like, a certain sense of, like, being around someone. It just feels lonely. (laughs) Like, I don't know how else to put it.
0: Yeah, it's unreal. You've made a kind of an interesting turn, which is the socioeconomic impact of these AIs of various sorts. One potential part of this is the loss of jobs. I wonder, in your understanding of Islam, is there something about the human responsibility of people to help one another have work to do and be economically productive?
2: Well, actually, there is a verse in Quran that says that like, and it's like basically the same concept as like the shepherd and sheeps of like Christianity. So like I think that the most power you have and the most impact you have, the higher the responsibility you have through like human beings and to the society. So that's actually one of the concepts that are mostly important in Islam, because when God or like when Allah gives you sorts amounts of power or like wealth, you are having like an equal amount of responsibility as well to like the human beings and to the community.
0: And that responsibility is specifically to
1: your fellow human.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: And I just want to mention, that was from a hadith, it's not from the Quran, the theme, but that's okay. I do want to mention also that Islam heavily emphasizes the importance of just investing and giving back, like what he said, you have to share the wealth, investing in people's businesses, helping people grow, helping the economy grow, and kind of helping like redistribute the wealth structure inside the entire economy which is very important.
0: Yeah. And the name of this, it's translated as a tax, but it's not quite that, is zakat? Yeah. yeah, Zakat. Okay. And that's an obligation that everybody has to give to the poor.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: So in the future, there's speculation that chatbots will become almost human-like. And you touched on this at the very beginning of our interview. So as they become more and more human, what keeps them from not really being human? What's the difference between a human and a robot that sounds a lot like a human?
1: It's really hard to say. I mean, from a religious perspective, you'd say like robots don't have souls. Got it. Right, But I guess from like a non-religious perspective, like it's tough to say. There's no explanation currently, at least I'm not aware of that, talks about like how robots are different from humans. Like for example, Let's say I made a robot that looked exactly like Zine, right? He looked like same everything, same shirt. But then I decide to stab that robot. And like the robot goes like, ah, you've stabbed me. It hurts, right? Yeah. But the robot still doesn't actually like feel the pain. It's just saying that stuff. So I feel like there's something else.
0: Yeah. Well, what does Islam teach about God's role in giving people a soul?
1: We believe that, like we were alive before we were on earth, right? Yeah. Like we were souls before and then God asked us if we wanted to be put like through this test of humankind yeah, to be willing to bear the responsibility of choice in whether we would believe in him or not. Right. And that would determine our outcome in the hereafter based on the decisions we made in life.
2: And also the human body is just like a miracle from God. And like in the Quran, you would find like a lot of verses saying like, Yeah,
1: so show me what you have created.
2: Yeah, yeah. So like we actually believe that like the human being won't get like to the point of mimicking God or like doing the same thing that will be someone exactly like me. Like as Yusuf said, like, even if it will represent the same image and maybe like the same speech or like the same feedback, but it won't be like the exact same person. Right.
0: So, it would be missing something critical, this idea of a soul. Yeah. This is a very interesting idea that the souls, the human souls, had a pre-existence and then God embodied them in creation. Is that the basic idea with like the creation of yeah. Adam? Yeah, I would say so, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And then that makes the human soul responsible for their behavior in the hereafter. Yeah. Which raises the question of, will an AI be judged by God, or is it just another material thing, right?
1: I wouldn't say so, because in the end, I mean, humans, like, we've always tried to model like creation, right? So, right. for example, planes, they're meant to model like birds, right? Flight. Like, yeah. they kind of mimic the way they're formed. But they're not as perfect as birds. Like Uh a bird, like landing on a tree is much more graceful than like a plane landing on the ground. There's like many other scenarios or just things where we've always tried to mimic creation. And it's kind of the same thing with AI. Like in the end, we're just trying to mimic the human brain. AI is really good at processing a lot more information faster than us as humans. But I think like we as humans, we have something else we're able to innovate and learn new things, like beyond what we were able to do before. Kind of like how we weren't able to like build buildings like the one we're in right now, thousands of years ago. Wouldn't AI be able to come up with how to build something like this? Like potentially, but.
0: Or would it just be mimicking? Yeah, exactly so. humans have done.
2: So like, I also reflect most of the times on like the first word that was revealed in Qur'an, which is Iqra. So like it is read that was revealed to the Prophet, peace be upon him. So like in Islam, like making these innovations and like being like humans that were mustakhlafoon, how do you say that?
1: Like to rule, not rule, but to like, we have responsibility yeah, on the earth. Yeah,
2: in the most part. So like trying to learn and trying like to innovate a lot of new stuff is one of the basic recommendations or like one of the basic rules that we need to do as human beings. But in the same time, we shouldn't forget the second part of it, which is honestly our responsibility for like everything that we make. Everything like to we, remember yeah. who gave us
1: that ability.
0: Yeah. So not only made to be responsible, but to remember that God made you responsible. Yeah. 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 Great. I'm going to just close up by asking you a question. You know, you're in school, you're moving on professionally. My question is, how do you feel about the future with AI in its various forms?
1: I think AI, it might take a lot of jobs, but at the same time, it also allows to become more productive and get more work done. I don't think it will be as bad as people think, to be honest, at least in the near future. I think it allows to like accomplish way more things and like actually boost the economy based on the amount of output we can produce, which I think is actually a great thing. Especially, I think technology now, it's gonna be such a big deciding factor in the economy within like the next decade. And it could actually be what actually helps the economy a lot in terms of producing output.
2: Like for me, I also think that like AI would help in like boosting the economy and making people more productive and making them like concentrate on the most important innovative parts of their majors. So like whatever that major was, like, I don't know, engineering or like mathematics or like even literacy or art. So it would just be a tool that humans would use in order to be more productive and more efficient in what they do.
0: I appreciate your coming into the podcast studio here at the Digitally Mediated Ministry Studio at Perkins School of Theology, Southern Methodist University. Thank you both. I'm Robert Hunt with Yusuf Galal and Muhammad Zin, and this has been Interfaith Encounters.